0: Well, it's nearly Merry Christmas anyway. We're getting to that time of the year. G'day, guys. Welcome to the Newsphere Podcast. My name's Isaac O'Shrick. Uh, Today, we've got an interesting interview. It's Western Australia. This is part three of a five-part series that uh, runs over um, a bit of an adventure I did in WA, Western Australia, with a couple of legends. It's Bert cooler from Old Man Blue and Joel. Uh, we dove together, uh, dived together for a full week And hung out, we sort of went all, uh, we went quite far north from Perth. And, uh, as we had a lot of fun and, uh, a few beers as well. And you, you might be able to get some of the banter beyond the beers in this interview. I hope you enjoy it. Let us know. Uh, you're always welcome to let me know, email me direct Shrek at noobspero.com or join the community noobsparrow on Instagram or noobsparrow community on Facebook. Come along and join the fun. Hey, um, before we get into, uh, this interview, uh, this beer fueled interview, uh, again, uh, another slight warning there. Um, Go to noobspiro.com. There are some cool things happening. We've got, uh, well, first up, Matt left a review for the Jobfish tribute T-shirt, which has been really popular. And uh, if you're looking for Christmas gifts and you're a Spiro, you've got to go to noobspiro.com. Every dollar, obviously. Supports the podcast and everything the Noob Spirit does. Matt says about the Jobfish Lungbuster sh- shirt. He says, Love the Jobby Lungbuster tea. Keeps the froth and stoke alive when you're out of the big blue. So thanks for that, Matt. He bought a Jobfish tribute shirt, a black shirt, and, and a medium. Um, left me a review. Love that sort of stuff. Go to noobsparrow.com because also there are 99 spare recipes copies up there available for pre-purchase right now they're not going to ship till the 10th of december but hopefully wherever you are in the world hopefully it will give you time to get your hands on it before christmas time and uh there's more than 158 recipes in there there's um uh, there's more than eight guides in there like cornerstone content guides to help you explore new techniques like smoking fish um all sorts of crazy good business in there. Um, check it out. 99 Spirit Recipes available on NoobSpirit.com. If you buy uh, one copy, it's 50 Australian dollars. But if you buy two or three copies, uh, the books get a little bit cheaper. Um, shipping's not great international. I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, Australia Post even set the rates on the uh, shopping cart. So um, apologies in advance for the terrible shipping rates. Um, they're not – yeah, it's australia wide I think they're not so bad it's when we go international they they tend to get a little bit hairy if you are further afield and, and the shipping rates are too bad look out for the book available on amazon.com it, that'll be available around the same time 10th of Jan- uh, 10th of December so keep an eye out there as well um longer intro today um also another exciting thing I got up is the rancid pelican shirt it's a it's a picture of a black spot tuskfish, which are a really iconic species in Australia, um, and this pelican's got its gob around it, and um, it's just, I don't know, I, I like it, because I reckon it's just one of those iconic species that spiros love and celebrate, but it's probably like one of those ones that are very unique to our area. Anyway, I'm waffling on, let's get into WA part three, here we go. Adreno.com.au, the home of recipes, blogs, videos, equipment, reviews and an obnoxiously large range of spearfishing equipment for frothers like you not only that but spearfishing trips and courses courses and trips that i sometimes get to go on check them out at adreno.com.au it's a sparrow's best friend check them out and if you want to buy gear pump in the code noobspero to save 20 dollars on every purchase over 200 you can use that online in store use the code noobspero save some cash and support the Spear podcast shop with adreno.com.au Neptonics.com source the very best in spearing gear from around the planet. Jerry says, if we sell it, we believe in it, we trust it and dive it. Neptonics is the one-stop shop for all your spearfishing essentials. Neptonics is solid gear that works. And you'll know it's true when you pull the trigger on a Neptonics mech, on every snap of a Neptonics powerband and in every whiz of a Neptonics gun reel, singing with the power of another big fish. Buy gear you can depend on at naptonics.com. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10%. G'day, Noob Sparrow community. You have reached us just at the right time. We're primed. We've had, uh, we've had a, fair, a fair whack of alcohol. We've, we're sitting in front of a, a fire in the uh, Shark Bay area. We're in Western Australia. Um, it's a beautiful night. The stars are in the sky. We just spent a day diving. It's one of those moments in life where you just think, "I am fortunate," and Jeep is. It makes you grateful, and it, it makes you grateful to be alive. I'm I'm surrounded by Bert Calder from uh, the Old Man Blue, and I'm not sure what Joel's surname is, uh, but I've only just met him in the last couple of days. We drove up here, we've been diving and having an absolute blast, but um, Bert. Give us a bit of a rundown on uh, on the trip so far.
1: Hey, Rick. Um Mate, firstly saying, I'm glad you finally came over and joined us here for diving in WA. It was, wait a while, definitely, for WA. Um, Joel is an old mate of mine. It's really nice that he could come up as well and share this trip. Today was a great day. Um, woke up this morning, took a leak, for a quick go down <laughs> the ocean, and um, <laughs> thank God he
0: woke up, yeah. Dolder
1: said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went to bed again. And um, anyway, off we go. And um, thought, oh, I can't really hear the ocean. So I took a walk down there and asked, oh, I just looked at it. And I thought, this is crazy. Weather reports there today. It's not going to be a dive day. I thought, oh, we'll just quickly creep out and off we went. And what did you think, Shrek? <sighs> I've been sport. I flew into
0: WA. You picked me up from the airport, I was an hour late I think, it was late and then we went and stayed at your place, I've been sleeping in a caravan there for a couple of nights, it was absolute magic and we we smelled at some lead weights and we hung out with uh, your family and ate awesome food and drank a few beers and and I went and did a couple of live interviews in Perth and um, it was an absolute Bloody! I had an absolute cracker time. Then we jumped in the truck with uh, with Joel and his 200, 200 series Troopy, and uh, drove north about a, probably about an 11 hour drive with a with a bit of a stop off in Geraldton, and then um, and then and then carried on north and up to Shark Bay. And mate, it's 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 been beautiful. Today's diving. We we're probably in the water for maybe four or five hours. I think I shot, I shot a few species, Um, I haven't shot anything I haven't shot before, but I saw stuff I haven't seen before, and the bottom here is just something different, it's just the whole, the water is different, so
1: I'm loving it. Yeah, it's an amazing spot, Um, I just thought, as you were talking today, we're swimming around there at the last dive, and um, Shrek is swimming along the bottom, and it actually got a little bit dirty then, and... um, Joel was cleaning out the fish and threw a couple of fish guts over dead area. And the next moment, as it always has happened, you're never ready for it. And your mate always see the back of it. And it's beautiful, big GT. Swam right on next to it and paralleled, straight along the bottom. <laughs> and it's beautiful, fin. Just, and I didn't notice yeah, it at all. and it's just flicking over his body, this like fin thing, you know. And um, and as it peeled over his back, I went down. Yeah, no chance, couldn't get it, but. The thing is, it's nice to see these things. When you think nothing happens, you get these magical little moments.
0: Mm. We shot a couple of decent coral trout today, and we've we've eaten like kings this afternoon. We had uh, Bert caught himself a nice good uh, painted cray, well over two kilo, and um, it was at that sort of size where the legs and the horns just are loaded with meat, and uh, we boiled that part of them and then uh, did something different with the tail. And then we had um, we had really simply fried chin grouper, uh, is it? yep, yeah, correct, correct. chin groper and uh, coral trout fillets just in oil and nothing else, and done in a bit of um, in wraps with whatever else we wanted to add to it, jalapeno and kewpie mayo and all the rest of it. Jeepers was a good this is a good night. Now we're sitting in front of a fire, we're drinking bloody dram I, I can't complain.
1: Life doesn't get any better, eh?
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. I, I live for these trips, i got to be honest. Like, this is this is the best part, some of the best parts of life.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I just, uh change the subject slightly. It's, it makes me think, you know, times when I get strangers out and I go diving and it makes me realise I grew up in South Africa and um, it was pretty hardcore, cool, cold water, small fish, etc. cetera. And um, now, as many years later, I'm here in WA and I'm thinking... This second part of my life, it's I feel blessed. I really do. It's it's amazing being here in WA. I feel blessed
0: too. And uh, I've been aiming for this trip over here for a couple of years. So it's an absolute joy to be able to finally sort of, you know, just be able to do it. And, I, you know, I flew in. We arrived late. As usual when you travel, like, it's not without hassle. But, mate, I've had a crack at time. I interviewed... Um, Barry Paxman the other day, you made the introduction. I got to interview Barry in his house. He, he, I, I did the interview. He was an absolute gentleman, and then he he made me a reel with line, gave it to me for nothing at the end of it. You know, you, can't, you know those sorts of opportunities they don't come around every day. And then that evening, I got to go to the Adreno store in Perth, and uh, Lauren there is the manager. She was just an absolute sweetheart. We had pizza, beers. About about forty people showed up, and I got to interview Vin Rushworth, who's a, a very prominent sort of WA Spiro, very very competent bloke, funny, down to earth, and uh, and now I'm up here spearing in the uh, the Shark Bay sort of region, and mate, it's it's a dream come true. I got, got to say,
1: that's so true, Rick. Um, yeah, we were sitting and just some of the conversation from earlier, we were talking about. I always felt a bit like. Being on the outside of a party, um, never really part of it, and I find for a lifetime, I am thinking of diving in Rian that I grew up with, they were the first guys I dived with, this is back in South Africa, and um, it's a lifetime later and they're still friends, and this is what happens when you spearfish, I think something about it, I don't know why, but once you go in a drink, yeah. it, it, it just things change, and you become close to it. it's like a band of brothers almost, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. it. sounds a bit airy-fairy, but something like no, that. I like it.
0: For me, I'm sport. I get to go to different parts of the world now and, like, hang out with sparrows, and we've got a remarkable amount in common. You know, like, I met Joel two days ago. Today I feel like I, I know him and, and feel like I could, you know, have a lot more in common with him than I do with, you know, probably 80% of my workmates, and I think that's spearfishing, you know? Like, the other sort... There's a type of person... That is a sparrow. They and we share a remarkable amount in common. Whether you come from Florida, whether you come from Alaska, or whether you come from South Africa or Australia or New Zealand, like it's just you know that's, It's just we, we've all got this DNA that says I like getting back to basics. I like shooting my own dinner. I like sitting around a fire and having a few brews and just talking about life and the stuff that matters. And not nothing, you know, TV <laughs> doesn't even get mentioned, you know, unless it's, you know, something absolutely extraordinary. Behalf of a Flintstone TV. <laughs> the Flintstone TV, the old fireplace. I so I hope the listeners can hear the fire crackling away in the background.
1: Yeah. And we're all watching a great entertainment. Joel, he's a fire maker. I own mean, yeah, I'll be where we are. There's hardly any wood and we only brought a bit and the guy's already burned half of our woodstock in one night. It's terrible. But anyway, it's a good night.
0: I watch the way, you know, hey, when you're with a bunch of blokes, you, you judge them on stuff. And um, normally I feel like I'm on the, the the raw end of it, being not super technically proficient in a lot of areas. Generally, I feel judged, but tonight I had the great pleasure of sitting there and having a brew and watching and judging as Joel built the fire, but he did so remarkably competently. There was nothing to make fun of, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I'll just quickly pass over to Joel. So this is my mate Joel, just pass him over. Hey, how are you? Good, good, mate.
0: So you build a ship fire, eh?
2: Yeah, it's terrible, mate. It's very terrible. Heaps of smoke <laughs> didn't get going. Now we just got to put a lot of wood on it to keep it going. <laughs> mate, uh, it's, um, it's great to meet you, mate. You know, like you said before, I think when you're um when you part of the ocean and you love the ocean, I think people you meet that, you know, they're exactly like that as well. doesn't matter where you're from, what it is, but as soon as you jump in that big blue, it's, it's – uh, I think it's – Pretty pretty self-explanatory there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Day one, let's be honest, like we woke up and weather conditions yesterday didn't look like super crash hot. We sort of, we didn't know what we were going to wake up to. We thought it was going to be super windy. But we actually woke up, we were a bit spoilt, yeah?
2: Oh, definitely, mate. That's, I've got half my kiteboarding kit straight in my car. So... We seen the report when we left home, and I thought, 20, 25 knots, shit, we're not diving here. I'm chucking my kite gear in so I don't sit around and drink piss all day. But <laughs> Yeah, no, like Bert said, he's, he's sort of one of a kind, Bird He's a bit like me. He's a bit more of an early riser than me, but he gets up, and he's pretty excited. He's like a 50-year-old ADD kid. <laughs> he gets <laughs> up and goes for it. So Yeah, he's banging on the door at 6 o'clock. We had no wind, and we are out there. So when I say no wind, 15 knots for WA is pretty well with no wind. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good day, really good day. Yep.
0: We were worried about a swell creeping up too. Like, it was supposed to be maybe three metres tomorrow. But the way we got out there today, I couldn't say I, – I know, like, direction determines a lot about size of swell. But the way it sort of came in, you, you, you couldn't say it was anywhere near two metres. Nah,
2: no way, mate. I think I saved us, um, You're dead right report was probably a little bit wrong. But what saved us is that super low tide. Because I've just had a look before um, – we're coming onto that warning gibbies for the moon, so the super low. So we're at point three. So you go from point three to one point one. Like you'd probably find if you're out there now, it'd be a fair bit of swell. But being so low, there's no water. There's nothing pushing in. But um, if we had the high tide, I think it would be a different story. But yeah, no, definitely blessed to be out there diving this morning for sure. It was good.
0: And mate, yeah. I I enjoyed today. Like I learned a lot. Like whenever you go to a different part of the world and you dive with different people, they do stuff different. And you guys in this part of the world, are experts at what you do. Joel, you haven't been sparing in a long time. No, mate. You've spent not a even a year to- yet. Yeah. yeah, but you've spent a lot of time in the water. Today we did a beach launch, which is quite technical. Like, you guys might not even realise it, but there's a lot of shit involved in what you did. And I can tell from being around you that there's probably a lot of mistakes that have gone into getting to where you yeah, are now. You fuck
2: this shit up a fair bit of times before you get it good, eh?
0: But there were two of you guys that were competent today. You you guys largely did the beach launch by yourselves. I watched on and learned, and hopefully filmed a bit of stuff. Yeah, no, like. you helped
2: push. It was good, <laughs> <laughs> and put a bit of weight yeah, on. Yeah, put a weight on, mate. But yeah, two, which is what I'm
0: I'm known for. It's what I'm famous for. Putting weight on. things. <laughs> But like it's a different thing; it's a different experience. Beach launching, like um, talk talk about that, like and <coughs> and learning how to do that. Like, is that a WA thing? Is that a it? Is a
2: WA thing? Um, I've I've never launched a boat. Like well, we use a jockey wheel system, right? Which is you stand the jockey wheels. Everyone knows it winds down. It's a little probably four inch thin wheel. But um, when you're launching off the beach and over dunes. You actually use a Land Cruiser wheel or something that's a bit fatter. So Bert's come up with an idea which is it's pretty well renowned in WA, is You make a Land Cruiser wheel or a fatter wheel on a wheel bearing or a hub and you jack it down, you put that in the sand, then you lose your small jockey wheel. So then essentially what you do is you try and back your car down as far as you can, just enough to get it probably, you know, 10 meters from the water's edge, as you've seen today. Get it off the car, get it back onto that um, wheel. So you got the land cruise wheel in the sand, and then you then you push the boat into the water. Essentially, yeah. from that you're leaving your car out of the water because there's been many a times where we've, you know, especially when I was younger, you never knew this stuff, and you're sinking your car. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you've got water coming in your doors. You're panicking. And yeah, you, yeah. You, know, you, you just you completely stuffed it. So yeah, it comes with a bit of experience, and obviously um, these things come in hand. But you once you get it off, it's a lot of grunt getting it out, getting it off the trailer, I should say. But getting it out, you know, as you've seen today, it's a lot of just. Um, snatch straps, so we keep the car way away from the water we push the trailer down by hand, same thing on that Land Cruiser wheel once we get the boat back on the trailer um, thanks big fella for your last sort of few wands let me do the whole fucking job but, uh, <laughs> but now once we get on the trailer we you, um <laughs> you did it like
0: you did it like eight meters of the way and then i did it one meter the and, shot, and, and made noises
2: doing it yeah he's like took the vinegar stroke hey? <laughs> <laughs> okay but nah and then we um we just used two snatch straps so um you, you're just like you're forward driving pu- pulling someone out of a bog so you just yeah. you're on a snatchy and you just rip them straight out the water you know it, today was a bit hard because um my cruiser's a bit weighty and I probably didn't have the tyres out enough and um, the sand was super soft today. We've sort of put in in a new spot, but we got it out, as you've seen, a few, few goes, it was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah But, we, mate, we you, it you, you yeah. did it
0: and you did it with style. Like, I think other people watching on could see nothing but... Dust. Like, <laughs> no, they could see nothing but, yeah. like, learned skills yeah. because you're not coming down the, to the beach for the first time and doing that. Nah. You're, you are learning and watching and learning a skill from people that have done this decades. hundreds and hundreds of times before you, and you're borrowing, you're standing on the shoulders of giants.
2: Yeah, well, Burke could probably tell you a few stories about some fellas down this neck of the woods that actually lost high value cars into these waters, not knowing what they're doing. But you want to yak about that one, Bert? Yeah.
1: It's um, like all things, we all make mistakes, and that's how we learn, I reckon. Um, and as for beach launching, you know, clutch costs like, what, three and a half, four and a half? Uh, once you lose one of those, and I've seen people put the whole thing in a drink, that's a bit more expensive than three and a half and four and a half. You <laughs> quickly come to the conclusion there must be a better way. Um, and that's when you start thinking. And, oh, mate, we've made so many mistakes, you know, like – Guy that pulls a boat out using shackles, you quickly and that shackle breaks a back window. There goes a bit more money.
2: Bert's got this seen This guy put a whole Land Cruiser, one of these dual cab things, about 160 grand, and he just completely dunked it. And oh wow! Well. and he just turned around at Bert and said, "Well, that's what they're made for. This thing was up to his doors in salt." Yeah, you know? shit. That's true. It's um, this. Yeah, either he's
1: got too much money or no sense. I'm not sure which, but good on him. Um, <laughs> I, it, I don't have that sort of cash so I can't do it so you have to find another way so that's what we've done and, and it's not just one person you look and, and there's people that's you know, I could be my dad that I've learned from so you learn from all these things and I was lucky enough I got a friend Des it's not only just the retrieving Um, the, the trailer that I've got is a, quite a unique trailer I would say it's yeah. a handful of people have something like it and it's purposely built for the conditions that we dive in and I said I don't use drugs and I've lived pretty frugal so I spend my money on things like that you know um, and that, that works for me.
0: This podcast is brought to you by aqualite.com.au. This is the best solution bar none for staying hydrated in the ocean. If you're a Spiro it's an absolute no-brainer. It's a game changer. If you're doing extended trips and the cramp starts to set in and uh, the old body's telling you, hey, that's enough. Just get hydrated, and it will save you a whole heap of woe. It's a groundbreaking product that can help you to stay hydrated. It's got low sugar. It's less acidic than other options on the market. It's rapid absorption, help you to maintain performance. Dehydration of just one to two percent can affect your mental and physical performance by up to six or seven percent. And as when you're spearfishing, you can tell when dehydration is starting to affect you because your equalisation goes out the window. Get Aqualite at Aqualite.com.au. It's scientific rehydration that Sparrow's know and trust. I know because one works there and that's why we've set up this discount code for you. 10% off when you use the code noobspero at aqualite.com.au Check it out. Australian made hydration products tailored for Sparrow's and a whole bunch of other people that suffer from dehydration too. But check it out at aqualite.com.au Use the code noobspero to save 10%. Equalizing problems can be something that derail you. Not today, my friend. Go to freedivingfamily.com. Check out either the Frenzel and Advanced Frenzel video or the Mouthful and Deep Frenzel Equalization course at freedivingfamily.com. You can use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course at freedivingfamily.com these courses are put together by adam stern and a select team of, of of legends and to help you overcome different issues and help you perform better and some of them are extremely relevant for freedive Spearing. check it out at freedivingfamily.com use the code spiro to get 20 percent off any course friends check out oldbandblue.com.au it's quality made dive gear right there in the western australia by a really cool team the Old Man Blue team are a very experienced bunch of frothing spiros that live the life and have done so for a number of years. Check it out at oldmanblue.com.au. Mate, apart from the beach launch, like, it's unique unto itself. It's a skill. You've got to learn it. You've, I think you've got to go out with people that know how to do it. Apart from that, we we navigated our way out through a sort of shallow reef system. We largely sort of... You know, walked out a pontoon aluminium boat, it's probably about. I reckon it'd be over seven meters.
1: Um, I'm not sure, I reckon it is uh, maybe just over seven. If you count the nose, it's probably that, but if you take the nose off, you could take a five it off, so it's about 6.5. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I don't know, but let's call it seven, it
2: sells better. It's
0: a good boat, it's, it's uh, yeah, like I say, a pontoon boat and uh, center console. got a nice bit of a shade which is just absolutely joyful when you're in that like beating down sun all day having said that today we dealt with wind and like with the wetsuit on you do get cold so it's nice to sit in the sun for a bit but um it's a cracker design boat and wherever you go in the world you notice people spiros particularly are very adaptive wherever they are they seem to find the right formula for their weather and conditions, and I feel like this boat
1: is absolutely magic for where we are. Yeah, I once read a book I can't really remember which. It was these two fellas they went down to Tassie and they bought a boat to start their business, and they couldn't really afford a new boat, so they bought a the best old secondhand boat with a reputation for weathering some storms, and that left a mark in me. And I thought, you know. You don't have to buy the newest boat. And then nine times ten, the new boat comes with its own problems. It's, it's, it's better just to buy a good quality boat that has weathered storms that you know is reliable. I've sunk this thing. we flooded it. Oh, we've had people overboard. You name it. it's has happened on this boat. Um She's been underwater more times than I can remember. And she keeps coming up and keep going, you know, as we – Once we had, like, uh, I reckon it was probably maybe Shane and myself. I'm making it up, maybe an hour and a half, two hours run. And the swell just kept breaking over the whole boat. And (laughs) it it gets a bit scary after... yeah, we didn't have those clamps and a bullspump, so that, <laughs> that doesn't help. But if you take a bomb plug out and you just let it run out the back, it works sort of the same. You don't need sort a bullspump that, yes, yeah, sort of. Apart from the 200 odd litres. Yeah, 200 litres, 400 litres, give or take. But <laughs> well, anyway, my point is you get a good vessel, yep. she'll bring you home, and a little bit of skill does help. Um, but Joel, he comes from a rig marine mechanic. Um, I think you can ask him some technical questions, some engines, boats, because he's got much more experience than me. This is his trait, so I'll put him over. He, he, this is all what he knows about.
0: Yeah, we might get to that, but I want to talk with Joel. Like, we, we jumped in the water, and Bert was, I think he was second in the water, but as usual, first on the fish, I think. And he waved us both up. Coral trout, Joel, Joel, coral trout. And you've swum over, and you're dealing with, like, a couple of new items of equipment, but you still managed a decent dive and you punched a good coral trout. Talk about that.
2: Yeah, so Bert's really good for that. And, you know, Bert's a uh, real gentleman. He's always really generous and he puts, loves putting people on the fish. He's, you know, he's just as happy shooting the fish as well as he's seeing his mates get a good one. He's done it to me a few times, but today I just heard, like Trek said, jo, Joel, Joe, Joe, and I thought he might have shot a fish and needed a second shot. And Bert's got these new harnesses, and they look uh, absolutely fantastic. I've always wanted to try a harness. <clears throat> so I've just adjusted that, uh, put way too much weight in this bloody harness, jumped in the water, thought, shit, I need to get rid of some weights, but Bert's yelling at me. So swam over to Bert. He's going, cold trout, coal trout, and I've looked down and sure oh sure enough, <laughs> there's a bloody good cold trout there. So not even breathed that, right? I've just driven all day yesterday, had a good sleep, but wake up a bit jaded, hadn't even breathed, haven't even dove yet, you know, yeah. haven't even stuck my head under the water. So took as much as I could, got down, but I found the harness was um, a bit big for me, so it was digging in and slowing me down, going down, but... Um, All I could think about is don't fuck this fish up Because Bert's watching from the top He's Uh, called uh, me uh. over (laughs) So I've hit it But I didn't hit it good So I hit him in the guts But um, I had no air You know Because I was trying to I was dealing with the harness Hadn't breathed up So I got up pretty quick and there's old man Blue, mate, straight down. Got the spear out, got the fish out the reef. You know, I can see it floating up. He's throwing it in the air. So, yeah, all good. I can get it out the hole. First thing he says, he comes up and he goes, well, fuck, you made me work for that one. <laughs> 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 but, no, nah, you know, it was really good. And, you know, that's what Bert's like. He loves seeing you do fish. He done um, very similar to me down south. Uh, we drove yeah. five hours down from where we lived and done the same thing. Seven, Drove four hours on a boat for another hour. Just wetted up. Jumped in. He's yelling out, dewey. I dove to seventeen metres straight off the boat, banged a six kilo jewy. So you know.
0: Do you remember Jurassic Park and the 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 velociraptors are about to escape from their cage and there's the the bloke yelling, "Shoot her! <laughs> Shoot her! That's what our what Bert yeah. reminded me of today. Just yeah, it was like, pretty funny. but yeah, like he's a gentleman and um, mate, that was a cracker coral trout. a good trout. Around, yeah. Probably around that three kilo mark. Like I think we ate it for dinner, or was yeah. oh, that? That one stayed in the freezer. We maybe ate. We we ate my one. I think it was yeah.
2: Your one and a baldy, Yeah.
0: My one was a bit smaller, but um, the three kilo one would probably go home with us. It was a crack of fish.
2: Yeah, it was a nice fish, mate. And, and it's good, eh? it's
0: great to get that first run on the board. You mm. know, like everyone's happy. We got dinner. Yep. And from from there on, it's broken. yeah, You're, yeah, the relax, tension's uh. broken. Yeah. From there on, it's just like everything after this is like. Oh well at least we got dinner sorted. Yeah, definitely mate. Yeah. No, it was good. It was really good. When you're sitting around a fire like we're sitting around tonight too, you, you wanna eat a fish. And tonight we we got to eat like kings because we, we did all right yeah. today. Oh we did. One, yeah. dinner, it was a good day. Yeah. Um Bert, talk about the day. Um What 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 else happened? Like Joel got the first trout, but from there on like, we were dealing with a little bit of wind, but talk about weather and conditions
1: and sort of how the day progressed. Yeah, we were very privileged. We got out. Um, like I said, the swell was nothing like what we expected. Got through. Went down. Um, one of the things from experience, like, sometimes you can just tell. Went to one of my favourite spots. Obviously, I want to show off, you know, so I want to put shrek on a fish. Got my, you know, honey hole. Pop them right on top of it. And, um... Pickers overboard, gets sort of group, the boat pulls, but um, the line just doesn't pull tight, and then we realise that the current is actually running the opposite way than the wind, exactly yeah. the polar opposite. Now, if I was younger, I think I would have gone, oh, you know, I really want to impress Jack, Shrek you, yeah, and let's just go for it, you know, <laughs> and that's how you sink a boat, and then you find, you know, you need to swim home. And it's like one and a half, two and a half, maybe even more kilometers. It's a long swim. But anyway, so we decided to no, pull the pig and find a new ground. And that's when we got – what did we get there, Shrek? I can't remember what we got on the second spot. Um,
0: I think – Yeah, Baldi's. Joel shot a good one. You shot one. I shot a stripy, yeah, yeah. And we saw a few good fish. You put me onto a jack, but – by the time I got down to this cave it wasn't there, but I shot the stripy anyway and he was a good one. Like it was probably the best um sort of Spanish flag I, I think I've ever shot. Yeah. Was it. Was it nah nah, that's going to the that's going as a gift.
1: That one, yeah, no, we know we, we, we had crayfish for lunch, mate. Remember, we had the tail in tacos <laughs> or ch- not tacos burritos we had this afternoon, so it's good. Just, mm. But, um, just going out, I, I think it's just so nice to go out with mates and enjoy the ocean. And, um, just going back to Joel quickly, it's I've had a few people, um, just to drop a couple of names, I'm thinking of Shane, and the latest one is little Nina, um, where have dived with people and I see them progress and they get in the the water and they all shy and they're nervous and they want to make their mark and then the next moment you see them coming to their own and they're starting to spearfish and i've only seen it in a very few people but there's a light in their eyes and it's 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 the only way you can explain it you're stuffed for life this thing has got hold of you this ocean will never let go it's like your life has changed and you haven't got control anymore and I said that to Joel, you know, he can tell you a little bit about the fish and when I set this to him. Can you remember, Joel? Yeah,
2: there's a few. Yeah, no, he's right. So I've, I've grown up, obviously, on the water, surfed and fished and growing up, you know, on the coast. But, yeah, we'll I think we come up this way a few months back. And, you know, before that, I was just diving for craze and shooting the kg we did a little, a lot of campouts behind Island islands on the boat and so i was just jumping over the side and shooting what you could eat back then but you know i was maxing out three meters like shit house you know? and always knew bert bert's been trying for 19 years to get me to dive right so it hasn't <laughs> it hasn't been a um it's been a slow burn put it that way but yeah we we come up here so obviously i don't know. It was actually my wife said, you know, be be a bit smart about it because I was starting to push myself and I, knew, I don't know much about spearfishing or equalising or the rescue side. So I'd done the right thing. I'd done a proper um, freediving course and really good instructor down mo Riverway and he taught me a lot and, you know, he learned the proper techniques, the belly breathing, the relaxation, the rescue, which was pretty bloody important. But long story short, I won't talk too much about that. We we come up here and, um, yeah, I, I sort of started feeling pretty um confident and you know shot smaller fish in shallower depths but we got to this one spot which um i think it plateaued yeah you got a flat reef and then it just had this massive hole looks like a moon crater and we um it's about probably 12 meters to the start of the hole and there's another eight to the bottom and um we're up here with another guy ben another really good spear really good guy and he um he goes you've been down the hole yet and i was really nervous i said no i haven't mate like it's way out of me depth so I just sort of swam down. We buddied up, swam down to the ledge and had a look over the ledge. And mate, it's mind blowing. You know, you've seen these big cods, you've seen all this marine life down there. And I thought, fuck, you know, I can do this. I've just been down 12 metres before. So I sat up at the top, I come back, recovered, and I watched another guy, Cam, shoot a really nice baldy out of 20 metres. And I thought, well, fuck, it's my go now. So I breathed up, went down there. And, you know, when it looks like you get past the 10-metre mark, you just sink. I thought, well, this is pretty fucking easy. Is this what spearfishing is? Free fall. Free fall, yeah. mate. Straight to the bottom. So I got to the bottom. And, you know, from the top, you, you've got everything right. So you get to the bottom. You're feeling nice and relaxed. I've turned around. And fucking hell, was a ranking cod sitting right on the ledge. Like, didn't move. Bang, smack. Got him in the head. Got him up. You know, everyone's up the top. There's two boys, which, you know, you can't ask for better watching, They you know, pull this up. I swung back to the boat. And Bert's um, obviously been down this hole previously and seen that ranking cod, didn't get it. And he goes, fuck, did you get that fucking fish? I went, yeah, I threw it in the boat and he must have seen me eyes. And as I throw it in the boat and climbed in, he goes, well, you're fucked now. (laughs) So yeah, since then I've been hooked, mate. Like it's just a real, yeah, as you know, it's a bloody good sport, yeah great news guys
0: adam stern has made his freedivingfamily.com courses available at a discount for the new Spiro community if you get on freedivingfamily.com use the code spiro you'll get 20 percent off any course there's a bunch of sick courses on there there's an equalizing uh stage one there's an equalizing advanced techniques um video there that are two of my absolute favorites if you have any problems with equalizing go to freedivingfamily.com Get Adam's course and use the code Spiro to get 20% off any course. Check it out at freedivingfamily.com. Today's Noob Spiro Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at NoobSpiro.com forward slash Audible. Over a hundred and eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone or Android phone. Get amongst it, NoobSpiro.com forward slash audible. Free trial, free book. No brainer at snoopspero.com forward slash audible in the world of freedive spearfishing there's no magic breathing technique that's all of a sudden going to get you down and shoot massive fish at depth and holding big bottom times but there is a way to do it safer and smarter take down more fuel to maximize the time that you have there learn at noobspero.com forward slash ted with ted hardy from immersion freediving if you take down more fuel you can stay for longer Learning to take a bigger breath is not such a big deal. Ted breaks it down for you with a free online course at noobspero.com forward slash Ted. Take down 20 to 30% more air just by learning how to take a full breath. Again, learn how to do it free at noobspero.com forward slash Ted. So you, you you were like, you're, you're still a bit of a kite surfer. like So yeah. when it's windy, you can get up, you can kite. And when it's not so windy, you can get underneath and have yeah, a Yeah,
2: exactly, mate. yes yeah, so I grew up... I grew up surfing, um, old man was a surfer and we were line fishermen, so I grew up surfing first, but living in WA you soon realise um, you get six months a year where you get sort of neat winds where you can surf clean waves and then the rest of the time it's blowing its hole out, so summertime rather than just drink beer with all your mates, which you still do, but you, um, <laughs> you hang on a bit longer, you go for a kite in the Arvo, so yeah it's good, so yeah kite in the Arvos and yeah, when it's calm you get out in the boat, because you know, the main thing is we just love being on the water, so mm. whatever it takes to be on the water you're on it. Yeah. What are your trade winds here? Southwest yeah. yeah Yeah, Southwest. And it's funny for kiteboarding because um, it's only probably one of the well, – it's the only place in Australia where they call it downwind. So you go downwind. So all you do is let your kite drift. And you can back. You can surf waves the whole way because we've got a surf coast where we live. So there's probably 14, 15 kilometres of just a downwind. So you jump in at wow. one spot. We park cars down one end and we do it like a shuttle bus system. Yeah, We meet there, we drive up to where we want to launch. We launch all the um, kites there and then we just completely belt the fuck out of these waves for 14 k's. you absolutely wow. rude when you get there and then you jump in your cars, grab a few beers, head back up and yeah.
0: Kite surfing's always scared the shit out of me. Like you've got to be physically strong, capable, abil- uh, you know, have that ability to judge what's happening in front of you but also you can end up like fucking 40 metres in the air. Like Maybe 40 metres sounds extreme. Let- let's just say 10 metres in the air and you're in six inches of water.
2: Yeah, yeah. If, if you, you can do that, I mean, um, it's the same as any sport, right? It's bloody intimidating. Don't get me wrong, because yeah. you're strapping this fucking big kite on your on your waist, and it's it's going to fuck you up if you get it wrong. But it's the same as anything. You learn to do it, and you respect it. You learn the technique before you get too hero head and too egotistic. You're right, but um, no, nah, look, it's it's not it's not hard. It's a really quick progression sport. Once you, it's like flying a stunt kite, essentially. You know. Left and right, way you go. But um, once you learn to fly, that's pretty easy. But the the six-inch thing you're talking about, we we ride surfboards. We don't ride freestyle. So you see a lot of these guys that really hurt themselves when they do airs. We're not into that. We're surfers that want to – it's a poor man's jet ski so that's essentially as we use it, just pulls you in the waves. But yeah, the freestyle boys are hurt themselves a lot more because they're strapped in. So they do a lot of knees, you know, they hit the ground and that sort of stuff. But we're yeah. just riding strapless on a surfboard. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's a little little bit different. So yeah, but just keeps you on the water, eh? Awesome. Yeah.
0: And obviously like over here where you've got hefty winds for parts of the year, like yep. it pairs well with spearfishing.
2: Yep. Yeah, yep. and you
0: got you got you got seafood, exercise, and you and you don't have to leave the water. No, you don't. That's yeah, beauty thing
2: about it, eh? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So
0: apart from the coral trout that you shot, you went on. You shot a couple more good fish today as well.
2: Yeah, what did I get? Um, I think I only shot two, eh? No, I got a nice baldy. Yeah, yeah. So I swam off. Um, I think yeah, I think you were going on over one way, but yeah, I swam off and had a look and. Um, yeah, found a nice baldy. So there was a couple of really nice uh, blue bone, but I couldn't get to him because the waves were breaking in there. But yeah, had a little baldy come out. Well, yeah, it was only little one. He came out of a hole, and um, I was just on the bottom sitting there. I wasn't going to shoot him at first. He didn't look that big. But then he um, yeah, he came out, and sort of grew a bit. So I hit him. But yeah, I didn't get him that cleanly though. I got him in the jaw, so he gave me a bit of bit of grief trying to get him out the hole. Yeah, but, yeah right. had just a bit of fight with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. I, I haven't shot a portion yet, so I'm looking forward to it. But uh, we've got tomorrow, plenty of mate. days left, so mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Tomorrow yeah. you'll be on it.
0: Yeah. Um any crays? Did you see any crays?
2: Um, no, I didn't, mate. I still haven't caught a painted cray. Okay. So yeah, that's on my bucket list too, eh?
0: Bert and I both got one today. Bert got the cracker that we ate, but the one I sh- the one I got was uh in Berry. So Bert watched me get the whole bloody thing. He watched the whole thing, and then he was coming over to me to high-five, and then we both looked at it, and I opened the tail just to double-check. It was a good, solid sort of like two-kilo eh? lobster, and then the, it was in berry. Ah, oh, it breaks your hard when that happens, eh? But but it, it also kind of goes, ah, oh, well, sweet. There's You know, there's another 200 potential offspring there
1: for Easy. the future. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I love about our uh, um, rules and regulations here. Some of them make sense, and I would say the vast majority make sense. And that's definitely one that makes sense, you know. You see something with tar spots or eggs, and you go, well, that's the future, more. Now, I see Shrek dive down. I thought it was going because it's, it's one of my ledgers that carries rank, and I see him dive down, and I... <laughs> uh, Joel is having That's a what go what <laughs> <laughs> Luckily I'm half deaf Because you know, Joel gives me shit all the time So it, it, it's, it's Yeah <laughs> it's anyway Bert's It's ledge. good Anyway it, Bert it, led it, us uh, Yeah it. So we're diving along this ledge And um, I was thinking he's diving down for his rank And in the next moment I'm thinking Why is he going into a hole? I thought yeah maybe estuary cot or something And he comes over with this really nice size, grey It was a good size wasn't it? Yeah And um, Yeah Berries, and anyway, um, a little bit earlier, he saw another little one, so he told me where that is, dived down, and um looked in the hole, looked at the feelers. The feelers always, it makes look them all big. look big, and then yeah. you get down and you go, yeah, right, you're a little baby. Yeah. Anyway, so it was a bit heartbreaking, yeah. thinking, you know, first we get this nice size crate, we got lunch, I've already cooked it in my head, and um <laughs> anyway, so off we swim, and then, a little while later, we, we, we went over to where Joel was.
0: Yeah, well, I, I can't even remember. What was Joel up to? I think I thought it was. Around, yeah, Joel was. Oh, yeah, you were on that sort of that shallow reef. Yeah. yeah quite quite nice. Like in sort of like – yeah, but we were out wider, and, the, and it was pretty barren out there, so we headed into you because you, you were on some good fish. It was sort of like three to five metres. Bert straight away finds this bloody cave, sort of like this wraparound – cave system with this sort of a sandy bottom but then and he straight away I'm, he's sitting there breathing up and I was like uh, he knows something's here he goes straight to the place where this good cray's holding not not no hesitation like did not even select like he's in a horseshoe of reef with all cave all around but he goes to the ro- exactly the right spot where it's holding this cray comes out with it but before he does this friggin um, estuary cod Gold spot comes around right off his fins. I'll try, I'm trying to film Bert getting this um, cray because I could tell you from your body body language once you got there that you were onto something. But then this estuary cod comes around. So I get distracted. I'm like, I'm going to shoot this bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I shot it fair in the face. And then my spear pulled and I'm spewing because yeah. I hate losing fish. You come out with this three kilo cray and I'm like, this is the normal
1: pandemonium that you get. But, yeah. um, That's diving That is what's It's living mate That's yeah. just, This is the life This is what yeah. we do It's um. I think It's 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 the enjoyment And uh, coming up I turn my back And I just see The spear flying And I look at this Estuary in front of me And Oh you're lucky fella Um. Anyway Joel can quickly Finish the story Um. What yeah. happened To this estuary got. Oh Well it wasn't It wasn't Yeah No 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 nah, you I mate saw it. Yeah, you tell I the story Joel. Sorry about that
0: I said to Joel, go down and shoot it. And he, I think he didn't want to shank me because, like, and uh but it took me a while because I was holding on to some of your stuff. And then we, we, we eventually we got it sorted. I got my gun loaded. And then Joel swam off, you swam off. And then I was like, fuck it, I've got I to get this cod. Because, like, I hate to leave a wounded fish. And this thing was just sitting there in the hole. And I was like, oh, you almost feel like you're, doing it a disservice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, the evolution, the Charles Darwin, like the the weakest and the oldest get sort of picked out <laughs> the head. This cod had no redeeming qualities. It was dumb as dog shit. Yeah, so sure, it had to come see, along. It was the seeing eye dog of the, the reef. But um, they, eat, they eat well. Despite being greasy and their guts are kind of disgusting, they got those massive gill rakers, they're a really good eating fish.
1: Very, very true. Um, we... When I come up, I've got a, on Hullabaloo, which is my boat's name, we are a very small crew of divers, and I consider all those guys my best mates. And um, I've got these two French guys. One is called Mika and the other one is called Sebastian. And whenever, I, I, I love I love estuary cod. I love everything about them. They eat good, good size, get a lot of healed of them. There's a good all-round fish, but they're slimy as anything, and they're pretty tricky to fillet. But anyway... These two fellas, mate, every single time I bring an estuary cot on board, the amount of grief they give me, hey, it's, it's just terrible. Like, yeah, it's not nice.
0: They play a real valuable role on the reef, like either the black spot or the gold spot. They, they, what I learned was they actually clear all the sand out of the caves, yeah. And if you, if you target all of them and you pull them out of the reef, it just fills them with sand. And if you watch them for long enough, they actually shoe it out with their their pectoral their um what are those fins called? Anyway, the ones the tail fin. No, they're just doing the front. Yeah, yeah, and they just shoe the sand. It's out It's called these. on the two front fins. Yeah, the front. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what they are for the moment. This is my marine biologist coming out of I me, mean, not remembering any of it. But they they shoe the sand out of these holes, and that that's what keeps reef systems clean. So you don't want to take all of them, and they they are very slow growing. They are quite um, obviously endemic, like they, and they're very protective and territorial with their spots. They come out and they defend them. They're pretty they dumb, particularly when they're small. So you don't really want to shoot a whole lot of them. But I
1: love shooting one or two. Yeah, same here, same here. I I, I do as well. They make amazing skewers. Yeah. Um. They they keep together because they like. Big steak, it Wonderful. And um, the amount of stories that I can tell about estuary cots out here, yeah, um, and like the sea sack, it's like one. It's like my yeah. hand getting stuck in one of these, trying to get a, um, what do they call those fish? Uh, spaniard went down its throat and trying to get the spaniard back out of its mouth. And it is holding, it's got like this one wave valve. And it's just they amazing, amazing fish all yeah. around. Yeah. They got
0: character too, they got personality, like. Um, that That one I shot today was uh probably only about three kilo, very, very dumb, yeah it was, but delicious but
1: very, very delicious oh, it's a meal, is, another meal a we...
0: is that not the spearfishing story no, dumb and delicious. <laughs> Hey guys, not sure how you stay hydrated out on the boats on those long days out on the water. Uh, But staying hydrated is absolutely critical to good good equalization and looking after your body, making sure you're not doing those awkward one-legged kicks to the surface when when one leg cramps out on you. Go to aqualite.com.au and get yourself... A box of sachets. You just simply add them to water. It's less than a dollar twenty-eight per serve. It's cheaper and cheaper and healthier than any other sports drinks on the market. Aqualite will make a difference in your spearfishing. Check it out at aqualite.com.au. Use the code NoobSpearo to save ten percent on any order. Check it out. Aqualite, made in Western Australia. Do you like to penetrate? Great news, Penetrator Fins. Today's NoobSpearo podcast sponsor are tough as nails. Robust, dependable performers with beyond industry standard warranty. Communicate direct with Larry and his team 24-7 for all your fin inquiries at penetratorfins.com or at penetratorfins on Instagram. Baby bum finish. These things are smooth as silk. They glide through the water. They give you that awesome balance between power and efficiency. This is penetrator fins. Use the code NoobSpiro to save $25 on any pair of penetrator fins at penetratorfins.com. That's right use the code NoobSpiro to save $25 on any pair of penetrator fins at penetratorfins.com So anyway we got we got a bunch of good fish today, we got a couple of good craze and uh, we called it a day coming pretty early because the wind got up and this is really day one of our Shark Bay
1: sort of trip Yep we got a few more days left. Um, tomorrow morning, if all goes well, first thing in the morning, hopefully, the Drambui wasn't too heavy and the gin and tonics. Um, we'll be right, I reckon. And the beers, and the beers. That's, it, but it, and the pear ciders. Yeah, it, it, if you're and old the beers. Uh, old man boo. I, I like girly drinks. There's nothing wrong with it, is it? <laughs> no, um, no Anyway, not. it's not <laughs> tequila. Probably. Yeah, and a few other things. But anyway, tomorrow we're off. Hopefully, this um won't affect our Olympic skills <laughs> yeah
0: well Joel's got Olympic skills and um, you've got you've got that as well I, I, all I've got is just uh, middle-aged dad goodness I think but uh <laughs> <laughs> but we should some we, we shot some good fish today like despite the forecast tomorrow I'm hoping we get out for a good spare and um We'll have to check back in and let people yep. know how we're going.
1: No, hopefully. I mean, hopefully if it smiles upon us, we'll run up the islands um, and go do a bit of island exploring and see, you know, what's nice about, I suppose, diving. It's just so much ground that you can cover, and it's all different. You know, you can go look for pelagics, and you can look for reef species, and you can change. I think if you really hard up, like, there's always something you can find somewhere and get a feed, and so... I reckon we were just pretty happy today to come home with a good feed.
0: Bert, one thing you're good at is kind of like covering a fair bit of ground and then stopping and scouting the right spot. Give me like a couple of your insights into just before we go, what 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 makes you stop?
1: What makes you what makes a spot worth exploring? Uh yeah, I can talk for an hour about that, but I'll try to keep it brief. i think in diving as you go along, years and years and years of diving, you realise you plan these holidays. trek how long has it been? We've been planning it, two, oh, a two years, years at least? A yeah, couple of yeah. years. So you, you wait a long time for these trips, and I find that I'm no different. You know, I, I've got a job, and these things are the highlight of my life. So you go on these trips, and when you're in a drink itself, you think, well – I've got X amount of hours in the water and I'm not going to waste it swimming around if there's nothing around. So you have to make a call. And um, I suppose because some of the grounds I know pretty well, when you look at it, you go, today's a good day. And, And what I love about the ocean, you can spend all day swimming your normal ground. But if you pull the anchor and you just go another 300 meters to the left, right, top, bottom, whatever, and you try again, magic happens. That's the ocean for you. Don't think... Like at GT today, that area wasn't great. It was actually, I thought it was pretty, pretty bad. yeah. and um, next moment is this GT. And like just that time before, I saw this big snapper with a big eye, you know it's it's the same. So what I'm trying to say is have a good crack at it, but you need to call it a day and move on because if you only got X amount of leaf, don't waste it sticking to the same shit yeah. like you explore yeah. And then yeah. going home and thinking, you know, if I could have, would have, should have. You know, yeah. just call it a day, and if it was a wrong decision, live with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good advice, Bert. Well, let's check in. We'll do part two in, a, in maybe a couple of days or so and uh, talk about what we've been up to since now. But um, day one of actual diving, like, I think it's day four for me in WA. Mate, I'm having a blast. And uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to come over here and, um, and do this meet. A legend like Joel and get to dive with him, and um, I'm having fun. So hopefully the rest of the trip goes the same. Um, we might have to defy the forecast,
1: but uh, I think we can do it. Yeah, definitely. We'll give it a good crack, although. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Joel is just shouting from the side. Yeah, he said others we're learning kiteboarder. I don't know. I don't know about it. What do you guys it.
0: reckon? We're going to start a new podcast, a new kiteboarder. <laughs> I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Catch ya. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Western Australia Part 3, powered by patron listeners. Now, if you want to support the show on an episode-by-episode basis, go to patreon.com full slash and join 50 other legends sending me out on trips exactly like this one as you can tell from the banter with joel and bert uh, i had a lot of fun on this trip and they're really good guys absolute gentlemen check out old man blue on instagram and uh, follow along go to oldmanblue.com.au uh, making fantastic gear in western australia and um, just gear that you can froth on hey um as mentioned at the start of the show, go to noobspero.com. 99 Sparrow recipes is available for pre-order. Just go to noobspero.com, check it all out. Stuff for Christmas for Sparrow's. Hey, if you love the show, leave a review. I'd love it if you did. Otherwise, come back next week for Western Australia Part 4. All good, Shrek, over and out. Today's episode was an absolute banger, and so is our major sponsor, Adreno. Visit them at adreno.com.au. They have a huge range of equipment. You can find it at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpear at checkout when you shop online. You can save $20 on every purchase over 200 You can even use that code in store at some of their huge mega stores, Australia wide. Price speed guarantee on any Australian spearfishing equipment price. Again, visit them at adreno.com.au. Use the code noobspiro The NoobSparrow podcast is incredibly proud to be partnering with Neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works, equipment you can rely on. It's the very best in spearing gear from around the planet. Neptonics is also the one stop shop for all your spearfishing gear, particularly in the US. They've got free shipping on all orders over $99 in the US. Furthermore, you can use the code Noob10. To save 10% off on your entire shopping basket at neptonics.com use the code NoobSpiritNeptonics.com. neptonics.com